Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Eating Crow with Pete Durand. Hey everyone, welcome to the program. We have the infamous and famous Barbie the Welder on the show with us today. Barbie, you're drinking coffee or tea? Uh, I'm actually into green tea at this point in the day. Green tea is what you shift to. Nice. So Barbie, if people haven't followed you, and we will put links to your Instagram and your LinkedIn in, in the show notes so people can see your work. But I reached out to you because I'm a, I'm a big fan of metalworking and I saw some of your material flow through my feed one day and I thought, holy cow, who is doing this? And, you know, the title Barbie the Welder, that also captured my attention. <laughs> and you were grateful enough to join us in the program. And I've learned more about you. And I want to talk about, you know, first about what inspired you to go into welding and then focus on art. So first of all, what, what drew you to welding? What in your background made you want to do uh, that? The art is actually what drew me to welding. Oh, I have a background okay. in auto mechanics. I was an auto mechanic out of high school. It was my first love. And after about seven years of sexism between, I really didn't experience in college, but like in the field, I definitely dealt with a lot of it and ended up going away from it. Just kind of lost my heart for it. And just for a while, kind of wandered around. I delivered pizzas. I worked in an adult bookstore. I was a maid. I mean, like I tried a variety of jobs. The bookstore was fun. I'll just bet. I'll the bookstore bet. was a lot of fun. The maid job was actually more disgusting than a bookstore. That's a story for another day. But what really captured my attention with welding was I saw art. Okay. I was at a really low point in my life. And that's an understatement. I was sitting down with my neighbors. We were watching a movie together as Castaway starring Tom Hanks. In the beginning of the movie, there is like this 15 second clip that literally shaped the last 13 years of my life. No kidding. I saw the woman welding these giant angel wings and it just spoke to my soul. I had no experience in welding. I had seen it before in high school. I watched the kids kind of through the window welding, like the light, like I was drawn to the light. Didn't know I wasn't supposed to be looking at it and just didn't know what it was. But it's just something that's like only place I'd ever seen it before. Never thought about it, you know, as a job, never thought about it as anything. I saw the art. I knew I needed to sculpt and just spent the next, that point, like spent the next seven years working my way to be a full-time sculptor zero artistic talent also as a side note like my stick figures are egregious well that's what i was wondering i mean did you have any background did you like drawing pictures what was there any art in your background at all my mom had an art box when i was a kid i was home taught first second third and fourth grade uh -huh. and like one of the highlights was this art box but i literally just i just no artistic talent i like to do it she tried calligraphy which is like the fancy drawing with these like these special pens. Yeah. I saw that. My handwriting is still pretty egregious also. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, like I enjoyed it. Like there was this joy in it, but there was no, there was no talent. <laughs> you know, to be able to visualize something in your head and then put pieces of metal together and then fill it in with weld. I don't think people realize how much time that takes, right? So you're, you're filling all these empty spaces in when you want to. When you come up with a piece does someone usually commission it and say, hey, Barbie, I'd like you to make X. Or do you have a concept in your head and then you promote it? How does the process work? Right now, I'm about half and half as far as like commissioned work versus what I, 
I'm like, that's what I'm going to build. But in my commissions today where I've built my business, the way I've sculpted my business is I'm very picky and choosy about what I take. As an artist, I've learned that, and it's something I've learned just philosophy in general in life is, you know, this could be the last thing I ever create. And if it was, but I'd be really happy about that. And so the way I've built my business over time has just to the point of, you know, this could be my very last piece. And if it's something I'm just like, if I have to force myself to come into the shop and make something just because it makes me money, won't be happy with myself. So mm -hmm. it's definitely, and that's grown. It's not like a right away thing that has taken time and dedication and thousands of hours of ridiculously hard work to get to that. But I'm very picky today about the commissions I choose. So are you, are you in the art community or are you in the metal sculpting community or the welding community? Or do you cross into all those different genres? I don't know the art community. I don't know the rules about art, which is actually a really good thing. I feel I agree. Um, I'm definitely in the welding community. That's where I got the foundation for what I'm doing today. I learned to weld, I learned to fabricate and the fabrication is what allows me to create the sculptures I'm doing. So very heavy in the welding industry, the art industry, I have no freaking clue about. And like, this is, I don't know if it's shameful or not. You judge me if you want to, I got thick skin, but I don't know what contemporary art is. I do know abstract, like that is the one. I don't know like what category that I create in. I know I like skulls and wild creatures that no one's seen before. I like to make stuff up because there's just zero rules there. But I mean, I don't know shit about art. Well, by the way, I, I believe art, like wine, is if you like it and you find it attractive and it moves you, that's art. And if you like a glass of wine, and I, I, I happened to be staying at a hotel for like 200 nights one year, and there was only one restaurant near it. And I got to know the bartenders at the bar, and then they would, by the way, I grew up, I thought there was red wine and there was white wine. I didn't know there were other types of wine. And he said, look, if you I'm like it. I'm schooled here because now I also know that there are other types of wine. Sure. There's your lesson of the day, Barbie. There's all different types of red and all different types of whites. And I was, he was teaching me. And he said, look, people will get really snobby. They'll give you opinions. But if you like the taste of it, then it's a good bottle of wine. Yeah. And if that, if that piece moves you, then it's, then it's art in my mind. So but, I love that. I think it's a brilliant analogy. Yeah. And when, when, you're, when you're creating a piece, and by the way, I'm sure they're all very different. What's the piece that took you the longest to produce? One I just finished for the American Welding Society. God, three months. Oh my goodness. Three months of almost daily. I did take a week off during that time and I went to forge a knife. And by week off, I went and I worked somewhere else. <laughs> I saw the knife. The knife was pretty cool. Oh man, it's freaking wicked. Oh, mm -hmm. best day ever, man. I'm telling you, my art has given me opportunities beyond my like just never in a million years would I have thought like made two knives with forged and fire champions like if you would have told me that I'm like you're right whatever but following my dream has given me opportunities just mind-blowing things that have happened to me that I'm like I just got into this because I saw that woman sculpting the wings I'm like I know I need to make art and it doesn't make sense standing here saying it but I knew that's what I was meant to do with you know with the zero artistic talent I'm like People thought I was bat crap crazy. And I get it. You know, I would have thought I was bat crap crazy too had I been on the outside looking in. But. So when you started welding and learning the fabrication and the welding process, 
were you experimenting with art during that entire process or did you like learn welding and then go into art? Learned welding, but while I was at the company I was working at, like on lunch break, I, gosh, and I'm trying to think, I think Christmas was the first time I made something like, you know, you're working hard, you know, you've got stuff to do, but on break right before Christmas. So I started on St. Patrick's Day in 20, 2000, Jeepers Creepers girl, 2000, 2008 was my first day on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Around Christmas that year, a little bit before Christmas, I took these little metal slugs or punch outs. Mm-hmm. I took them with a piece of scrap that was in the hopper. And I welded them onto the scrap and it looks like, I think it's three daisies. So I just welded them up so it looked like daisies. First thing I ever made. My mom and dad has that. It's probably going to be like the most valuable sculptures. Like this just very simple, like tic-tac welded together. Sure. That's awesome. And when you, when you do a piece that takes three months, how many hours will you grind in a row before you got to take a break? How many hours do I grind before I take a break? God, there's no, I don't keep a schedule per se. You just go till you stop. Yeah, I go until I'm exhausted is what usually ends up happening. If I start dropping tools or making mistakes, I leave the shop. I like to get in here early. It's fun for me because it's just, which my family doesn't think so. Mm-hmm. It's fun for me the early morning. I just, I don't know. I just I get really excited to come in here. I just don't have a set schedule. I have some coffee. I like to get on social media first. I do all my posting. I like to answer everyone that's written to me. And then I'll come into the shop and whatever, you know, whatever time that is, unless my photographer's here and then I got to be here on time. But for, for the most part, yeah, I, I work until I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Or if I realize I haven't eaten, like if I missed a meal or so, or I have to stop. I'm like my son, will, my younger boy will come in. I'll say, hey, uh, do you have dinner? Like shit, I didn't even have lunch, so I get I get lost sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a little bit scatterbrained sometimes, but yeah, and I go until I can't anymore. Really, it's if I start making the mistakes, I know it's, it's going to cause me problems in the long run. So I right. know I need to skate. When did you start realizing social media would be a powerful tool for you to promote the business or the art or your vision? It was pretty early on that I was on social media. But it wasn't until I, like in the beginning, I was doing, in the beginning, I wasn't selling shit because I didn't know about sales. Mm-hmm. You could judge again if you want. Once I learned about sales, I started doing these shows up and down the East Coast. I was traveling and I was welding live and I was selling my stuff like that. But it got to a point where I was hammering out mass produced stuff. It was still good quality, people. Mm-hmm. I was hammering out mass produced stuff. And I was feeding my belly, but I wasn't feeding my soul. Mm. So I was starting to make money as an artist, but I wasn't in the shop as much as I wanted. And again, I was hammering out this mass-produced stuff. It's stuff I knew I could sell between 10 and you know 45 bucks. It would sell easy at the shows. Stuff was consistently, and it was, you know, again, feeding my belly. The thing is, my art wasn't advancing the way I wanted it to. Like I had a picture in my mind of like sculpture. Welded together metal is art. I wanted sculpture. And so in order to get sculpture, in order to learn sculpture, I needed to push myself as an artist. And I was pushing myself in a way as like, okay, I can hammer out 45 big dick hot dog cookers in an eight hour shift. But I mean, it's not the, you know, it's not the sculpture. And so 
realizing that I needed more time in the shop, I started growing my social media. And at, like, and it still, it took me like, it took me a couple of years of growing it before I really started to understand the power of it. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning the power of social media. I mean, I'm prolific. I think five different platforms at this time, like prolific. I've like really deeply worked and grown my social media following. I interact with it as much as possible. I love my followers. It means the freaking world to me that they support me. Mm -hmm. I got this because of supporting from people. Sure. I'm living a dream because of the support of people, but it still is just kind of, God, it's really hard to wrap your brain around. I mean, like, I understand, like, I'm now a brand, which mm -hmm. I never would have imagined. I've sold art in 15 different countries, like, mind boggling to me. I mean, just like, and then the opportunities that come because of it, like I said, the Fortune Fire Champions, I've welded live at SEMA, at, at FabTech, like, just incredible opportunities. I have people that own companies are like, we want you to come to our company. Just, you know, so I understand it today, but I'm still not fully understanding. I mean, like I do, I'm not dumb, but God, I mean, like there is stuff out there that I don't even understand yet that's going to happen because of social media. So it's more powerful than I can even put into words and I'm creative. Well, and I don't know, maybe you were comfortable doing it right away because a lot of people aren't comfortable turning a camera on themselves and telling a story or promoting their, their work. They're not, you know, they're, they're not sure if it's good enough or whatever. And you seem really comfortable doing it. Practice. Mm -hmm. So I was awkward. Can I swear or should I oh, not? This is a swear friendly show. So let it rip. All right. Awesome. I was awkward as fuck when I started out. Just awkward. I remember a time I had two of my friends were waiting on me. I was supposed to be going somewhere and I'm like, I want to do a video really quick because something had happened, whatever it was. And so, you know, I stand in front of the camera and I do my thing by the camera, the phone, and I do my thing. And they're out there in the driveway because this is my garage, right? This mm -hmm. is the garage store. They're out in the driveway and they're rolling, laughing at me. And they're like, you just sound so stupid right now. They're like, loosen up. And I'm like, I am loose. They're like, no, you're not. They're like, just be Barbie. And so it just kind of like made me realize and just, you know, just be yourself. And that's where the goofiness comes in and the swearing and the, you know, just the shenanigans. I'm like the queen of shenanigans. But it's when I learned to just fuck what people think and just fully embrace who I am and just like, you know what? I'm not for everybody. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Nope. I get that. And I'm happy that way because gosh, how boring would the world be if we were all the same? So I know I'm not for everybody. And the people that don't like me can kick rocks. But there are people out there that like, they get it. They get the shenanigans. They get the goofiness. They get, the, you know, that I love to create stuff that, you know, all the things. And the ones that are there are so loyal, are so loyal. But it, it just, the whole being natural in front of the camera, it just came with practice. I mean, I started doing how to weld videos because I'm self-taught and I just, I never looked for how to weld videos. It just never even crossed my mind. Again, mm -hmm. I'm a smart person, but damn girl. But I would look at people's art and I'd be like, hey, that's cool. I can make that. And so I would just problem solve how they did it. But once I figured it out, I'm like, good. I like, I want to learn. And if I want to learn, there's other people out there. And so I just started. I don't even know what gave me like the permission to think that I could teach people. But I don't even know. But I, and I didn't understand the value of that. Again, I just was like, it makes me so happy to create. And I want to share that with as many people as possible. 
So I just started making these videos. And again, like the beginning ones, oh my God, so much fun. Go back to early, you know, <laughs> early YouTube and go check it out. And I think, I think I hit it in 2015 ish. And don't quote me on that. I'd have to look back, but I think I started YouTube, my YouTube channel in 2015, but I started really heavily as I moved on later on. I'm like now, you know, getting messages from people that are like, Barbie, because of this video, I started making metal art and you made it easy for me. And now I'm like selling it on the side and I'm able to provide more for my family. I'll cry over that. Like I get messages from people all the time. And it's just like, because I didn't care what people thought. And I just really, you know, it's just like, it's powerful. It's, well, it's so powerful. But yeah. Practice. Well, that's one of the best parts about your brand. And I don't think it was intentional. I think that's just your brand is that you are so authentic. You are approachable. You're just putting yourself out there. There's no preconceived notion about what you're trying to accomplish. You don't care if people like it. It's just who you are. Yeah. By the way, that appeals to a lot of people in this country. That we need more people to be unapologetically who they are. Mm -hmm. We have this, like, there's like these cubbies that people want us to fit in, you know, like you're a girl, you should do girl stuff and whatever the fuck that means. Right. I don't know. You, know, you should, you know, comb Barbie dolls' hairs and wear dresses. And, you know, like you're a boy, like you should do this and this, and boys should be tough and boys shouldn't cry. Like there's these cubby holes that, like, they were being put in, and it doesn't feel right because I'm a star in this freaking square hole that they tried to jam me in. And so, like, when we stop trying to please everybody, and it's hard, right? Because it's like we love our parents. Mm -hmm. We love, you know, our partner, we love whoever we're with, we love our family, we want them to be happy. But then they come to us and they're like, hey, you know, you shouldn't quit your job because of financial independent, you know, financial, you know, you need that foundation. But, you know, that foundation is super important to them. The freedom is really important to me. And so like, I'm trying to fit in this box and it doesn't feel right. And the thing is when we stop, and it is, it's so hard because like, even as a grown ass woman and I use that term lightly, I still want to please my parents. I want sure. them to be happy, but they're just like, you need, you know, you need to be, you know, you need to be secure. I'm like, no, you need to be secure. I need the freedom. And so when I just started living my truth and what was right for me, I became happy. And like knowing that now I'm like, how can I steer other people to like, look at unforgivably be yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, my parents were freaking disappointed. Like I got the, like my mom crying and my dad, like with the look, like I got the Barbara. Barbara Lynn, very disappointed in you. And it sucked ass for a long time. But today, I can't go anywhere with my parents without them bragging about, like, do you know who this is? And it's embarrassing, but it feels damn good because now they see, they saw that the freedom. Sure. Me being me, me being unforgivably who I am, like, they weren't proud or happy at first. But today, you know, I get to be me and they're just like, <laughs> And it's a lesson for a lot of parents, right? You, you have kids that have this. And by the way, you didn't know it until you were right until you saw that video or that movie, the yeah. castaway and, and a sparklet. And you said, that's what I want to do, which I find yeah. amazing because you weren't doing anything like it. That's what's so Not remarkable about that. Freaking remotely close. Mm -hmm. I was actually hauling scrap metal at the time. That was one of the many jobs that I held. So I guess I was remotely close because right. I sculpted a lot of scrap metal, but I didn't even know how to use torches to cut the metal apart. So it's not even close. <laughs> so today, do you have do you have any kind of a business manager that helps you or are you still a one-person show? I'm a one-woman show other than my photographer who I hired 
this spring, I looked at, I sat down and I looked at my business and I, I'm not like a numbers cruncher. Like I'm very good about keeping all my shit in order, but I'm not like, let me look at my numbers and see what's bringing in more work. Is my videos bringing in the most money? Is the sculpture bringing in money? Is the sponsorship bringing, you know, I wasn't one to do that. But this spring I sat down, I had a mentor that was provided for me free through this program online. I wish I could think of what it was called because it's mm -hmm. genius. And if you let me think about it, I'll get you a link to it. It's really amazing. But for a short period of time, I had this mentor who asked me the question, what's bringing in the most money? I'm like, shit, never thought of it. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I just went through, looked at my stuff and realized that my sculpture was bringing in, I was spending a third of my time on my sculpture and it was bringing in half the money. My other time, the two thirds was brought into the videos and the filming and all the stuff I was doing. And then like social media was a part of it. But once I saw that, I'm like, well, shit. And it's scary, right? Because I'm a one woman show. It's hundred percent me. And there's no guarantees that I'm going to sell something today, tomorrow or next week. It could be three months before I sell a major you know, commission or create something that someone's like, oh my God, I can't live without. So, I mean, like there's no guarantees. So I'm like, I saw the numbers and was like, I need to hire a photographer because if I could focus solely on the sculptures, I mean, if I'm doing it a third of the time, if it's bringing half the money, imagine how much my income will grow. Should I, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like pull the trigger and, and hire someone, which is the scariest thing I've done in my business since quitting my job, mm -hmm. because now I'm financially responsible for another human being who is depending on me, which I've got kids and they are, but this is like someone who I can just be like, just shut up and we'll get ramen next week, you know? <laughs> are they full-time for you now yes. as well? He is part-time. Three days a week, I have him in here, about That's 20 hours, so so half. It has been a freaking game changer for my business. It was really scary, but literally by the end of the first week he worked for me, um, a sculpture that would normally take me about 40 hours to create, 40 to 50 hours to create, I had done in 18 hours because I was so deeply focused on my work. I forgot this kid was here. He went and did all his things. And at the end of it, I had these gorgeous photographs that I never would have thought to take. Right. And I had a video that he created. You know, I was like, that's part of the deal is like you create videos because I want to showcase still like how it's being done. And so, I mean, like leveraging my time like that, I'm like, it was it was a scary, scary move, but it was deeply apparent very quickly. It was the right move for my business. So I'm like, how can I get him in here for more hours? Well, so Barbie, what you did is what most businesses struggle with actually making an intentional move to, and that's create content. You create a lot. And, and while you're doing your art, there's so much content available by filming how you're doing it. And then changing the timestamps of the videos and the images. Like you said, if he's taking pictures of your art in ways you would never imagine it, and it allows you to do it in parallel. Otherwise, you have to stop your art, go get your camera out, your video out, try to shoot a video, and that stops the whole process. I'm like, that would be a great video. And it does. Like, you literally, as you're creating, if you're doing it with deep focus, you're in what's called flow. Oh, sure. Which is this beautiful, just, God, it's like, it's literally like the only way I can explain it is like, this is my body, is right here. And like, I'm here and it's literally like watching my body create stuff. It is the most glorious moment that you can have. 
and just it's like the art like look i physically create the art but it's literally like someone else is controlling my hands and i am watching them work it is a very deeply pure and beautiful place to be i've created some incredible stuff like that and it's just when you go to work and all the bullshit goes away and it's just you're purely and deeply in creation and it's something i strive for on a daily basis Anytime I'm in my shop, anytime I'm writing, anytime I'm doing anything creative, it's, it, it's a fully being in the moment. And when I was doing all my videos and all the photography and whatnot, and like the, the editing and just everything, it's, I, I wasn't getting into flow because it was like, do this, which is an art, do the sculpting, which is an art, do the photography, which is an art, and then do the sculpting that's an art. And each time you stop and you move to something else, you literally have to like, where was I? What was I doing? Like, I'm like, oh, that was a good shot. And I got to do this and do that. And like, you know what else? And like, your brain just kind of like, my brain is just like, do, 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 <laughs> It's everywhere. And so hiring Keegan to do the photography, it just says, let me deeply focus on my art. I have poured out of this shop the best art I've ever created in faster time than I used to do. And so, yeah, it was scary as shit, but it is the best move. I'm like, I can't afford to not have him in here. Yeah. But on top of the time saving and the, you know, the art betterment, he is an artist himself. He is bringing his own artistic vision into my shop. He has likes that I don't have. And so he's got this vision, like, he sees me pull down my welding helmet and he sees Luke fucking Skywalker or yeah. whoever, uh, Darth Vader. See, now that's what I'm saying is like, that's not even my cup of tea. This is my cup of tea, but he sees <laughs> Darth Vader. And so like, he literally takes and goes, Barbie, take your helmet and pull it down really slow and look right into the camera. And so I go, okay, okay. And I do it. And then he takes his film and he goes over there and he's got all this other film that he's been taking over the course of the last... God, I think we're at like seven or eight months we've been working together. He pulls these little clips out and then he takes his Darth Vader theme song track mm -hmm. thing he's got and he puts it together with what I just did and he makes the most badass. It looks like a trailer for a film. And I'm like, are you shitting me? I'm like, never in a million years would I thought to come up with something like that. When you announced this your new logo, yeah, your new yeah. logo, I saw your post on that. How cool it was all black around the helmet and it was kind of shot with a light from the side. I was like, that is really cool. Dude, he's wicked. And he has just blessed my business with this creativity and it just has added. Oh, I just, I cannot say enough how grateful I am for him, for his vision, for him showing up every day on time. Like, People told me horror stories about hiring people. And I'm like, you just, I don't know. I'm like, literally it was like, went on Facebook and put out an ad. I'm like, do you want to be part of a family? Do you want creative freedom? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I'm like, it's everything. And that he is, he's like family to us now. He comes in, I'm like, I, I, I make him lunch. Like what other boss does that? Right. But I'm just so grateful for him. You know, it's just like, we sit up and have lunch and just kind of bullshit and He's like, hey, have you thought about doing this? Or have you seen this on TikTok? We need to do that. And man has just deeply blessed my business, you know? And yeah, it's been a game changer for me. Can I say thank you enough? So how old are you? Yeah, Christmas present. <laughs> so how old are your kids? 
I'm a 27 year old and a 16 year old. Oh my goodness. And do they think, mom, <laughs> do they think mom is cool? My older boy. Yeah. Like they're both proud of me. They're both proud of me, but probably not half as cool. as. There's like, I'm still mom. Yeah. Right. Like as cool as I think I am sometimes it's just a mom, you know, it's just like the, this and I, you know, I talk shit and embarrass them all over the place. And, you know, yell out the window. I'm like, hey, I love you. Have a great day at school. You know, they're like, oh my God. Standard mom stuff. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Standard mom stuff. Anything I can do to make your life better. Have you seen any kind of artistic flair or desire in them now as a result of this? Both my kids are artistic, but in their very own way. Mm -hmm. So my oldest son has ridden skateboards since he was five years old. And also BMX bike and still at 27 years old, he goes out snowboards. He's very like outdoor active. And that to me is an art. Like mm -hmm. he's very creative in that way. We'll go out and just hammer away in a move until he gets up, which is an artistic thing. Absolutely. Yep. Um, my younger boy, where like I, like I said, my drawing is egregious. My stick figures are questionable at best. Um, we did this wine and design thing. And by wine, like he didn't get wine because he was, God, he was 15 at the time. But we did this like wine and design thing at the house where we looked at, we looked at like this video and like this is Bob Ross thing and we all did paintings and there's five of us sitting around trying to do it. My younger boy sits down and in 15 minutes shits out of Bob Ross. And by shits out of Bob Ross, I mean literally does a portrait of Bob Ross with Peapod the pocket squirrel hanging out. And I mean, it's Bob Ross. I'm like, holy shit, 15 minutes for the next two and a half hours the rest of us sit there and cry in our freaking moscow mules because we're all just a group you know just you know hello darkness my old friend like <laughs> our oldest son takes his painting and like paints black over it because he's angry about his shit and like the other one like paints mountains it's nothing close to, you know my oldest son's girlfriend did paint like almost exactly what the painting is the rest of us are just like fuck my life you know, yeah, he sits down, shits out of Bob Ross in 15 minutes. It, it, I am just like, it's still probably my favorite piece of art that I own. But that the rest is... of us are just like, not a chance. Like, just throw out it all. Like, we can use the easels to make a bonfire. We can crack a couple beers. I don't know. Sad day. Sad the day easel bonfire. Day. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. I need to try again because I, you know what I'm saying? Like I need to try a couple of times with a different teacher. I know I can figure it out with the right teacher. For me, the video just didn't work. And it's just finding one that does, right? It's mm -hmm. just finding the right teacher. So what's next? I mean, where do you want to go with this? Is it, is it continue just to evolve? Because you're right. If you're, when you said you were producing art, but you weren't satisfying your soul, right? Now that you're, you're wired into that, is it, challenging yourself with a piece you've never imagined before is that where you get the satisfaction pushing my artistic talent past what i feel like i'm capable of is where there's this deep joy and satisfaction um the sculpture i just finished is the best thing by far that i've ever created now each time i create a sculpture that's the goal is to you know blow the last one out of the water just what? constant constant self-improvement was this Lady Liberty? Lady Liberty, yep. That was astonishing. And she hasn't been unveiled yet. So like I worked in partnership with Stephanie Hoffman mm -hmm. and she worked on the welding. It's a welding version of Lady Liberty for the American Welding Society. So, I mean, if you would have told me 
you know, even last year that I'd be welding a sculpture for the American Welding Society, I'd have told you you're back crap crazy. Mm -hmm. Stephanie and I worked together, but from our separate shops, I created the Lady Liberty body. She created the base, a welding helmet, and a book for her to hold in her hand. And we got together, bolted them all together, and then created a flag together that goes across the front of her, an American flag. It hasn't even been unveiled yet. The 17th of this month, and I need to write this over the calendar before I miss it. The 17th of this month is uh, we'll live stream together through the American Welding Society's uh, Instagram page to do the unveiling. But I blew my own mind with it. And that's my goal with each and everything is to just, you know, is just to push my skills. People say that faces and hands are the hardest things to draw. Um, and so I deeply push myself in those areas. But now, like, as I'm, as I'm growing as an artist, I'm looking more at, like, as I hold this mug, you know, the bones of my arm is coming out. And there's like a couple, I don't know if I'm showing you this. Yeah. There's like a couple of bones that are coming out there. And there's like a little dip. It's not just like this oval shape. Sure. And that's how I sculpt is through shapes, right? So I, like, the drawing gets made, but like, I can sculpt through shapes. And so, like, when I'm creating an arm... I'm looking at like there's a little divot here. There's these bones that are coming out there. My goal is to sculpt metal. Like you see the, is it ivory? What the hell is that stuff? The, those white sculptures that people like made in like France and, and ivory. And all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like the details, like where you, you see a foot and it's every bone in the foot and the skin is stretched over it. And it's just, these exquisite details that are just so pure and realistic, that is what I'm going to create. Like that's the mission, but I want to create that in characters and creatures that I make myself because I don't want to do something anyone else has ever done before. And so pushing myself to like the sculpture I've got out in my yard that I started on and, and that's my, like my next, masterpiece is half woman half phoenix oh, and so wow. that oh yeah and so i'm limited by my six foot tall garage door so she's gonna be six foot tall uh i'm gonna go nine and a half foot wide and she is going to be the top half is a woman and the bottom half is a phoenix where it's like the tail feathers are the base um yeah beyond beyond anything i've ever done before the face took me a month to create and I'm still not done on it, but it's been sitting out there for a while because of the Lady Liberty sculpture took priority over it because of sure. it being a commission. And the Phoenix is one that's just like, this is out of my head. And so it's, she's, she sat in the yard for a few months now and we'll be back in the big back in the shop so soon, but it's those details like in the arm and like the, you know, the wrinkles in the eye and like all these, like just, minute details it's going to make it so realistic that people have to like do a double take like that's the goal so what's your process when you have it in your head or you, or you see your, your arm and you see the tendons and the gaps and the dips in, in the in the flesh do you sketch that or do you take a picture <laughs> or do you just go right from your head right to the sculpture how do you do that um i usually go right from my head to the sculpture but it depends on what part i'm doing so like when it comes to say a face I either will take a picture with my phone of my face. I technically, I've been sculpting myself. Best model I've got as far as like, I can be like, okay, my waist is this big. 
And so I literally will go over to the sculpture and I'll sculpt, you know, a frame. It'll be like that big or my head and I can go like my nose is like mm -hmm. here. And so like I kind of reference my, not kind of, I reference myself, but it depends on something like I've gone and definitely referenced pictures. I'll Google woman's chin and I'll see like, maybe I want it, you know, like a little bit different or I need to get a certain, like if I can't get like a certain shape or something. I've, I've looked at, I, I mostly like for hands, like I'll look right at my hand. I'm like, if I'm going to hold this, it's going to look like that. So my knuckles are actually, instead of being straight across or they're kind of an angle, like out to the side, it's not like straight down. And so between like Googling pictures and like looking at myself, like that's where I'm, I'm getting the, like the references for. Do you, do you use any kind of a scale or do you just kind of eyeball like you're going all right if i'm going to do this the chin has to be three and a half inches out of, out from the neck or you just got to go that's about right got it and uh, put it on i there. math it i math it a lot so like with the lady liberty sculpture i looked up the actual height of the lady liberty and i scaled it down and i can't remember what the scale is i use i've got paperwork jammed somewhere sure. that i'm like it's like a is it one to one to twelve doesn't make sense one to, it was maybe like a one to twenty four scale or whatever sure. like that is but then it's going on, I'm like, her, the nose, the scale of her nose is not written, which I didn't have to do the face, but there's certain things. It's like her arm, the scale wasn't written of her arm or something like that. Or I don't know. I take my boot off and math that shit. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's like, if that's, you know, if that's, you know, 200 foot there and I need, I need her to be 20 foot, then 200 divided by 20. And I need it to be this big. And yeah, I still screw stuff up. The proportion kind of gets me sometimes. I actually had to I cut the Statue of Liberty crop apart twice. Did her head, which her face is blank because she's wearing a welding helmet, but her head had to be the right size to put a welding helmet and hair on. And so I made the head the first time. And she's literally sitting right here. I made the head the first time. And after the first time, I ended up cutting this out of the top of her head because it ended up being too big. So I had to oh, cut wow. it and make it small. So like this was actually, was this part of her face? So you gave, you gave Lady head. Liberty a lobotomy. <laughs> I really did. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a front of a bottle. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I don't... It happens because I don't have blueprints. And again, it's just like, I do the math, I stick to the math, but I did the math for that because, you know, I was like, the hair has to go on the head and I never mathed that one out. And so like, once I got the head done and I look at it and like her arm is up like this and like when your arm comes up and actually your elbow should be at the top of your head. Now I didn't know that going into it. And so when I created, created the arm, the arm was perfectly in proportion to the body. I got the head done and I'm like, man, it doesn't look right. And then realized that the head was too big because the head was coming up halfway up the arm. And I was like, oh, uh, oh can I hide that behind a helmet? Not <laughs> consciously. I just, and I, you know what I'm saying? Cause like no one else will ever know and I'll know. And so I have to fix it. So it's just those things. It's, there's no blueprint. You know, even though I had a picture, like I worked from, you know, it's, I worked from a picture. I got a general idea of, of what it looks like but there's no blueprint it's just me like okay if her arm looks like this from this side then it must be at this angle and so it's just well, that's why it's art yeah I know, right? it would be engineering otherwise it's art oh that's a good call i do appreciate that insight yeah and when you commission a piece 
do they give you, or do they just say, Hey, Barbie, can you make us a metal statue of Liberty? Go for it. Or what, I mean, how does a commission piece work? One, I have to agree to it first. Mm -hmm. The more creative freedom a person gives me, the easier it is for me to say yes. I would think so. Um, I hate restraints, but if you come to me with some wild ass shit, I probably will definitely say yes. So what ends up happening is I'll have someone that'll approach me and I'll say, Hey, you know, we're looking for this. And I'm like, awesome. That's cool. Do you have a budget? Cause that's one of the things I love to ask people because sometimes it's just, you know, it's like, it's just not a good fit. Mm -hmm. I can't yep. work for free. And this is the last thing I'll ever do. Should this be the last thing I ever do in my entire life? I'm saying I'm not giving it away anymore. I gave away a lot of art in the beginning because I'm not valuing myself. You're welcome, everybody. But today I value myself and I value what I'm doing. So we get together at a price. I usually will like get all the details from someone. I give them a quote. If they like the quote, then I, I get 100% up front before I even start a sculpture. I don't want to chase money. No. And I don't want to work with someone who's not serious. You either love what I'm doing or you don't. And so it's real easy for me to weed out people. I don't want to chase money. So it's hundred percent down. I've done two jobs that were so big that they want half down. I was okay with that. As long sure. as I got enough to buy material. Yeah. I knew they were serious on both of them. So that for me, it wasn't a problem. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't chase money. It's just not, I got better shit to do with my time. And I don't want to, also, what I'm making is one of a kind. There's no other buyer for that. There's no one else that wants a Lady Liberty with a welding helmet. Well, and so, and, yeah, as you described, once you've established credibility that you are unique and, and not only you're not only just valuing your time, you're valuing your energy, right? Well, your creative energy is what people can buy time, but you can't buy creative energy that way. So well, I think it's great. And right, if you're serious, you're I, I would want Barbie the welder do this piece me. Barbie Parsons got her own stick. I'll pay for that, right? Yeah. That that's awesome. And you've got <laughs> it's taken. A, it's taken time to get to that. Yeah. Right? So like that's not an overnight thing. No, it's not. That's me learning to value myself and value my time and and knowing my worth. Ah, and it really is. But it's also building the brand. And it's building the credibility. Like you said, it's the credibility. Like people know, like, you know, do you want references? Great. I'll contact Harley Davidson and have them call you. No problem. Because I've made two sculptures for them. I will call sure. Miller Welders and have, you know, and I mean, like the list goes on and it's insane. It's an yeah. insane list. You know, it's an insane list of people I've worked with who will happily give you, you know, what whatever you want for a reference. So, I mean, it's, it's, working my ass off seven days a week for the last, you know, I've taken some time off this year a couple of times, but I mean, like there was five years for about four and a half to five years. I didn't take a damn day off. And we're not talking eight hour days. We're talking 15, 16, 17 hour days to make this dream come true. But it's put me in a position today where I get to pick and choose. I get to say hundred percent up front and it shows my work ethic and it shows my credibility. So it's, it's a means to an end, you know what I mean? But it's like today, it's like, it's given me breathing room and I really get to, I get to call the shots, you know? Yeah. I get to call the shots and it's, it's, it goes back to freedom. Everything I've done has been freedom-based. I know what the mission is. I want to, you know, if I want to travel for three months a year, I can, you know? If I want to take a commission, I can, or I don't have to. 
and it's just all that work that's gone into it like with freedom in mind like how can i get myself the most amount of freedom with my art financially with all the things yeah that was the word i was going to come back to was freedom you mentioned that right at the beginning of the of the podcast and you mentioned this thing about flow and yeah. I, I, I've, I think many people may have experienced it, but they wouldn't be able to put a word around it or describe it. So I know if I'm working on a project and, and my dad grew up, like I said, metalworking, woodworking. And when you're in the flow, time doesn't happen. Yes. Right. You, you come out of the flow and you realize that was three and a half hours. And, and wow, that was awesome. So the fact that you love what you're doing, you're not really working. You're freedom and you're pursuing a passion. Everyone should strive for that. Everyone should strive to be able to do something they feel that passionate about. And don't freak out if you haven't found the passion yet. Because right. like I said, I thought that auto mechanics was, you know, like that was my first love. And I mean, like I was deeply passionate about that. I thought I was going to have my own garage and a group of people working for me. And I mean, like I had a vision with that. And, you know, seven years in, it's just like I'd gotten so beaten down by the sexism and the shit that I was dealing with, fell out of love. Yeah. You know, went and worked for myself for a while, has tried a bunch of different stuff. But, you know, I found welding, I think I was 30, 38. No, that's math isn't right. I don't know. 13 years ago, I've been welding for 13 years, 31. Jeez, math. And I need to take my boots off to do this. I was like 31 years old. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like people like ride your ass. Like you're in high school, you're 16. You need to know what you do with your life, which I'm yeah. also doing with my kid right now. And I got to watch it because there's a little note to myself. Mm -hmm. You need direction. I don't care what it is. Find something you enjoy doing and then pour time into it. And yeah, maybe it changes. And when it changes, then just go with that. You know, but think about like when you were a kid and the shit you used to do that really used to make you happy like the yeah. art box right like i loved seeing the art box came out there was just so much fun in there not that i was good at it but i still found joy and it goes back to practice because we didn't get to play that much yeah like, with the art box but you know, i feel I, like building forts like as a kid like maybe there's something in there like maybe you need to build tree houses right yeah. or if you played with play-doh as a kid and you really like here's the yellow fit and i made this and i made that maybe sculpting is for you Maybe it's in clay, maybe it's in steel, maybe it's in something I don't know that exists yet. But I mean, like, maybe they're like, just all our life we have all these signs. And it's just like, we get that message, like quit playing around and go to work. And the thing is, maybe our work is our play. I interviewed a woman yesterday who's turning 65 tomorrow and she's launching a cookie business. And she's yeah. crushed, she's 65 and she's crushing it. Highly intelligent woman. And you know what her goal is? The cookie business will grow she wants to make a cookie truck and drive around and deliver cookies to people. That's her goal to make the business successful enough that she can be in the truck driving around and giving cookies to people. She's now, having a clear vision is brilliant. Yeah. And I do feel like this, people are like, Oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but here's the thing. I'm a lot fucking smarter at 31 years old than I was at, you know, 16 and 17 and 18 when the mechanics thing was happening. Yeah. And even better today at 44, you know, like, I have a much better sense of who I am. I have learned many lessons, good and bad, of like what to do, what not to do. And I honestly think the older we get, like you're just, you're, you've been stacking information all these years and whether it was, you know, something that you thought was in alignment with what you're doing or something that's not even close. Like I went to school at one point to be a uh, paralegal. Where the shit does that fit in, right? <laughs> 
But when it came time to write my books, I learned to write 83 words a minute in the paralegal school. Now, never in a million years, like after I was in it for two semesters, I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, it makes no sense. Like, you can't sit behind a desk. And so I left. Five beta kappa, 3.8 grade average, and still left. I'm like, ah, not for me. Yeah. But that stuff that I learned in that course and those lessons and stuff, I learned how to type fast. So now in writing my books, I'm like, I can hammer out a book in 40 hours. My mom freaks out because she's like, it takes people a year to write a book. I'm like, well, no one told me that. I wanted to get back in the shop. So it took me 40 hours to write a book. Yeah, exactly right. You're not, you don't have to figure out your life's vision early on, but learning skills and learning how to work hard are, are great things to pick up along the way. Barbie, this has been awesome. I mean, I I love it when when people share all the darker stuff and the deeper stuff about how they got started. (laughs) And the Bob Ross quote is my favorite quote of every podcast I've ever done. That is the best quote of all time. (laughs) Well, I wish you and your your kids a happy holiday season. And I can't wait to see what the next big piece is, right? And I'll be looking on uh, in December for the unveiling of lady liberty that's gonna be awesome i didn't know it had a welding mask on the front of it that's gonna be even cooler yep just gonna have a welding mask on it so yeah american welding society's instagram page is where that'll be unveiled on the 17th and god i don't know what time it is but just stick around we'll be promoting it awesome barbie thanks so much for your time and have a great great night awesome thank you so much for taking your time to talk with me Peter. oh it's my pleasure you take care